to Gaetti for the first time ever. The Minnesota Twins are the world champions. First, we check in under a false name, probably Steve. All right, then we slip a lute into Jessie's wine just to get her in the mood. Well, isn't that special? Who was it? Who could it possibly be? Was it? Oh, I don't know. Satan! Why are you holding my hand? Where's your other hand? Between two pillows. Those aren't pillows. See that Bears game last week? Yeah, hell of a game, hell of a game. Bears got a great team this year. The Iran-Contra scandal transfixed Washington for most of 1987 and renewed a struggle as old as the Republic between the President and Congress. You think I'm crazy? Yeah. Are you calling me crazy? You think I'm crazy? Yeah, you want to see crazy? I'll tell you. Now that's a real badge, I'm a real cop, and this is a real fucking gun. You're listening to the Cobras and Fire Podcast. Greatest year in Raw. 1987. So put on your acid wash jeans and pop that collar because it's time for another Cobras and Fire. Greatest year in Raw. Cobras and Fire. I'm your host, Luce Cannon, along with the 11 times Platinum Baco. How are you, sir? I'm Diamond, bitch. How are you tonight? Plus one. Diamond plus one. Diamond plus one. Oh, yeah. So we are here back with another Greatest Year of Rock episode. And this year we are tackling the year 1987. Yes. So, oh, yeah. So what, why don't you uh, explain to the audience why we've picked this year and why we've picked the other ones? Well, I picked 1983 because I thought it was a cool year, and you decided I picked it because I was 13. <laughs> and I believe in 1987, you would have been 13, correct? Yeah, right around there, 13, 14. Yeah, 87 was a big year for me, too, though. I mean, uh, I got my driver's license, saw my first KISS concert, uh, got a, my first job. Um, I started to get regularly um, frustrated sexually. <laughs> Good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the, yeah, so that that's the kind of thing. But wasn't eighty three also? I'm assuming was that were you in seventh grade or eighth grade? 
Uh, I'm trying to think here. Well, it would have been both. <laughs> well, I, yeah. Halfway through the year, I was in seventh. And the other half, I was in eighth. Yeah, it became very technical. My whole thing is that it's kind of a transitional between like we've done 91, 87, and 83. So this one was between middle school. For me, it was between middle school and high school. Between, mm-hmm. And then the other one was between uh, you know high school and college. So anyway. so it's, I just like the music in 83. <laughs> okay, I guess it's very, just a coincidence. What am I thinking? Yeah. <laughs> so all right. But but yes, so we are going to – for me, this is – I picked this one. This is my – uh, well, I, uh, I got autocorrected. These are not my my formidable bands, but my formative bands. Sure. So, yeah, man, a lot of stuff that, that's gone on this year that I completely forgot about. Is there anything you wanted to start with? Because I kind of wanted to kind of just just bring out the uh, the big elephant in the room, or we can also talk about our. Or do, would you like to at least cover our sponsors and talk a little bit about things like that? Yeah, let's back up and do a little business, and then we'll get right into this motherfucker. What do you say? Let's do it. So, yeah, so let's cover Rock and Pod Expo 2. Is it Rock and Pod or Rock and Pods? I I still think it should be Pods. Yeah, you think it should be Pods. Everybody else think it should be Pod. But there is more than one pod there. It's Pods. You know know what what an RBI is, right, in baseball? Yeah, RBIs. Yeah, so, again... When there's plural, it's kind of like the opposite of that is all I'm getting at. You know what I mean? Uh, some people say, like, it should only be RBI, but the fact that when you single it down... Now, if if there was multiple Rock and Pod Expos, then it would be Rock and Pods, but it's Rock and Pod Expo. So anyway, the Rock and Pods Expo 2 <laughs> is happening on August 25th in Nashville. In, uh, Yeehaw! Oh, yeah! And it's... Uh, and just so you know... It's in walking distance of the Dukes of Hazard Museum, or whatever that is. Isn't it? Is that what it is? What is it was thing? last year. I'm not sure about the new place. It is. It's still in walking distance. It's okay. the same corner. Right. I did the Google Maps. I did the guy, I did the guy walking across the, the street. Intersection. I'm, like, I'm like, this looks exactly the same. There's the Cracker Barrel. There's the, uh, what is it, the Grand Ole Opry uh, Hotel. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm like an expert when people like visit Nashville, like, you know what? There's, there's a couple things you need to see, but uh, I, I really only know this one little four, <laughs> I know this like four. this four way intersection. Uh, but I'm I know everything there. So anyway, so it's at Rocket Pod Expo too. Go to their Facebook page for all the details, website, and but mm-hmm. but essentially there'll reason- be a link on uh, on our Facebook page yeah. too. Look for that right. with all the special perks we're offering. Uh, I, th- I think uh, we're offering for twenty five bucks. It's twenty dollars to get in. For an extra five, you get to sit at uh, a table and be part of our podcast on our lap. Uh, what's uh, yeah on my lap? You get to sit on my lap, um, regardless of weight. Uh, I, I'm just going to power through twenty minutes of talking to anybody sitting or, on my lap or gender. Yeah, and what did we say? Like a hundred bucks, you get uh, uh, to take over one of our shows, regardless of whether you're going or not. So if you've ever wanted to basically ruin one of our episodes, uh, it's only going to cost you a hundred dollars. So, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, no, there's all sorts of shows with all sorts of perks. Uh, check it all out. We'll put a link on our Facebook page. Please go there. Um, but yeah, if you're interested in helping out at all, you you can for as little as a dollar on up, you can you can do anything. And it's important to get some of this money in early because uh, they're they're really trying to get some of the, the the basic costs covered right now so uh, that's what you're doing to uh, to help the cause anyway well let's get into who our this week's beer sponsor uh, comes from a big friend of the show Josh Toomey from the talk to me podcast part of the the official podcast of metal Nexus whatever that means <laughs> nobody knows what that means it means he gets a little more coverage I think though yeah he definitely does all right doesn't he yes he does so yeah Josh basically said 
You could have Megadeth. What's the name of that beer? Uh, Tulemon. Yeah, couldn't find it. I've had it before, and you said it tastes like a. I, th- I think it tastes similar to Blue Moon. It's it's yeah. decent, whatever. Yeah, I thought, yeah, I mean, I've had it too, but okay. couldn't find it here. And so the second choice was Black Tar Heroin, and and I, I could not find that here. Me either. I don't. I, I don't know a guy. So I, we <laughs> we settled on. Uh, why don't you tell him what you're drinking? Um. Well, yeah. He said we could pick anything, really, sure. right? Yeah. Okay. That was included in there. Mm-hmm. Um. I got well. Uh, local beer. Uh. Surly. Extra Citra Pale Ale. I believe you tasted one of these in the last episode. I have. So uh, you you inspired me. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying that. So I'm I'm drinking Escape IPA mostly because just like that Billy D Williams was there with the 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 uh, <laughs> uh, was it Colt 45, very popular yeah. um, review last time, and and also very popular in 1987. But can, can we go into that real quick though? What's the phrase? Sure. For, what do you got? What, what's the What's the phrase for Colt 45? Oh, uh, something like it delivers every time. It's on the Billy D. Williams picture. Works every time. <laughs> works every time, baby. What does that mean? Can you can you have that now in today's society? <laughs> you give it to a woman, she blacks out, and you have sex with her. But I got <laughs> pretty, that. pretty much how it says. It's like it's basically saying this is like a bottle of roofies. Works yeah. every he's, time. He's, he smiles, he's, he's, and he's, girl... he's got that look on his face, like I'm gonna fuck this bitch once she passes out. <laughs> That's what I mean. It's terrible. <laughs> oh, it really is. Right. So the reason I went on that story there is it was from the same thing. The same place I always go to has a guy uh, pimping beer on Fridays, and they, this time they were they were pimping Escape IPA. So that's what I'm drinking here tonight. So thank you to me. Yeah, uh, an IPA. How uh, how fresh. <laughs> six ninety nine yeah, a six pack, which was actually less than Coors Light. So why don't uh, you give me your review? Me. All right, I'm gonna smell this thing here. Oh boy, uh, yeah, this is one of your beers. Let's see here. Mm. That's pretty good. I I agree with your assessment. Uh, it's pretty smooth. Um, I'm not a big fan of Surly. This is the second one that I would say I can now drink going forward. Anyway, thank you, Toomey. Cheers. What do you got? Let's hear your review. Again, my Escape IPA, I wouldn't get it unless it was six ninety nine. That, that's pretty much my review. <laughs> it, let's get into this. You, you can. Oh, in summary, you can you can uh, continue our our happiness and uh, our discussion. And, and by the way, also the Cobras and the Fire, a private group that you started, Baco. Okay. Phenomenal. You know, you started it, right? I did, but I didn't do anything with it. Okay, like most things. So, but so you, but you really took it to the next level, and we're having lots of great engagement. Um, got a couple more. Oh, it's a lot of fun, isn't it? Oh, it is. So, I mean, like forty comments on the Y and T playlist. <laughs> what the hell is that about? Well, but I think twenty-seven of them were me just listening off Y and T songs. Okay, well, whatever. But uh, <laughs> did Y and T have an album in eighty-seven?
Bucko, let's talk about the elephant in the room, and that is the most influential album of 1987. Yes, you're talking about Anvil's record that came out that year. <laughs> Anvil, Anvil. Well, of course, they had an album that came out. <laughs> yeah, is that not, that's not what you mean? No, it is. It isn't. But okay. uh, but so, so but white snake. I, <laughs> no, but that will go into a subject I'm going to talk about in a little bit about what white snake. Okay. White what do you got? Too. Where are you going here? I am Luz? talking about the album that came out on January 20th, 1987, that was just reissued uh, by Razor and Tie, and that is Return of Bruno by Bruce Willis. <laughs> yes! <laughs> now, I want to tell you that until... Young Blood! Do it again? Young Blood! Is that the first thing? Can't get you out of my mind. Yeah, I fucking love the Return of Bruno. Are you kidding me? I just picked that up on vinyl. I know you did, and that's why I I I, <laughs> I actually was joking when I texted you, thinking that it came out in '87. I thought it came out in '86. It did not. Now there are so many layers of uh, how amazing this album is that that exists to me. First off, do you know who Bruno is? Do you know the whole thing or not? Yeah, it's like uh, it's a fictional character. Um, Excellently portrayed by Bruce Willis in the mockumentary The Return of Bruno, an HBO special, I believe, uh, with a special guest appearance from the always bitter Paul Stanley. Uh, yeah, you, so he, okay, he you plays know this. You know who else is? You know who else stars? Stars that keep going. Bon please. Jovi. Okay, keep going. Uh, I'm trying to think here. Uh, Grace Slick is in it. Uh, I, I have to dig up my VHS and watch it to to, to do a little better than that. But uh, yeah, it, it basically he. Bruno is a guy who influenced everybody. For, El- Elton John's in it, uh, and uh, Phil Collins is in it. Ringo Starr, Michael yep. J. Fox, the Bee Gees. Here's my thing. Guess who was watching HBO that year? I'm assuming me and you. <laughs> <laughs> no, but also Garth Brooks. Oh. <laughs> this is the first Chris Gaines. Oh my God! You're right. Yes, uh, it's the same setup. It's 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 all this kind of thing. It's a mockumentary. It's this. The album comes out. Um, I mean, I guess this would be even more. But I didn't even know that. I actually own that. I I bought the Return to Bruno to complete my Columbia House obligation. I bought it to complete my life. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> but, Coming right up. <laughs> Here's a sad thing. That album, we'll move on, folks. We're just like, I'm sure you don't hear about 10 minutes about Bruce Willis. I think we just do an hour on Return of Bruce. <laughs> we're, changing track track we're changing it. We're changing it. We're doing a Cobra left. We're just doing a return. We're doing that. We'll do, a, we'll do two of these. We'll do this and gains. The thing is, is that 
the first time, here's another sad thing. The first time I ever heard the song Under the Boardwalk was on this album. <laughs> so you're like my buddy who thinks the Raisins sang <laughs> yes. uh, the, the Marvin Gaye song. You're yep. like, oh, Bruce Willis uh, came up with Under the Boardwalk. He had a music video for that. That's probably how I got uh, knew about that. I, I don't know. But 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 yeah, this is, but this is when he was still – the thing that's even more bizarre about this is this is when he was still only on Moodlining. He's, he wasn't even in Die Hard yet when this came out. Uh, right. Die Hard came out in what, 88? No, it came out – well, Fact Bastards will correct us. I think it came out the summer of 87 without even looking at it. But my point is he wasn't even a movie star and he had the balls to come out with the silliness from just being on, on – who else was putting on albums? It was a, a, on, a, on a TV show. Yeah, I don't know. I love that TV show. I did too. I can't remember a single episode except the fact that, that I was mystified that Booger from Revenge of the Nerds. Yeah, I was just going to talk about Booger. <laughs> was that. Was yeah, a- that was when the show jumped the shark, kind of like when the Brady Bunch had, uh, oh, what was that, the blonde-haired kid who came in at the end for no reason, or Kazoo on uh, uh, the Flintstones. You know, you're done when you're adding characters. So. But I think that he was, you're telling me that Booger wasn't there from day one? No, he was not. No, he came oh. in like the last two seasons, I think. He was like the love interest of that weird secretary, if I remember. Yes, the, they got uh, she got a bigger role, and then he came in and was like Bruce Willis's uh, Buddy. sidekick. Oh, my God. I got to go watch a couple of those episodes. <laughs> it sounds amazing. Yeah. But, uh, okay. I'm pretty sure Menards has the complete series on DVD. <laughs> Did you say Menards? Yeah. <laughs> Can you see that in their circular? It's free, like, oh, look, free with honey, a shovel you can get that and uh the entire series of uh highway to heaven featuring oh, michael La- michael landon God. those two. <sighs> Ooh, boy all right so how are we gonna do a left here let's do, do, let's do the cobra left let's do some actual real real bands yeah what happened in 1987 man hey tell you what uh why don't you tell me uh what's your birthday i'm not telling you that's 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 identity theft 101 Damn it. What's next? Uh, you know, in the last couple episodes, I did kind of a breakdown on what things cost. And I don't think I'm going to go as far as I have. Then, you know, like the, the cost of a car or a pound of bacon, like like no other show has ever done before. Sure. But I did want to mention that an eight ball of cocaine would cost you $3 in 1987. <laughs> okay. Is okay, that, that's it. Uh, that's so it? We, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm very disappointed because I was I I put things looking forward to. And I had the whole uh, mail order bride. Mail order bride. I was really looking forward to that price. <laughs> well, the mail order bride was seventy three thousand dollars in eighty seven. <laughs> uh, seems quite unreasonable at the time. Yeah, and well, I'll tell you what. I'll throw one more in there. The Ford Escort was the top selling car of nineteen eighty seven, and it uh, retailed at an average price of six thousand eight hundred and ninety five dollars. Mm. Of those three numbers I threw out there, one of them is accurate. All right. So let's let's actually talk about some music. What do you think? Yeah, what do you the, you picked eighty seven? Um, so a big go, year for yeah. both of us. But uh, why don't you tell us why it's special for you? Well, this is and, the and, and loose loose. Go ahead. Try to keep it brief. <laughs> <laughs> I like that you care. So in, in short, eighty seven again. It it's the first time that that things started kicking in were. Tingling uh, in your pants? Yeah. Oh, that we'll get into that later. But but <laughs> but I remember seeing, for example, I don't have the release date in front of me, but I'm going to say that uh, Girls, Girls, Girls came out in summer. Does it sound at least right? Was it a summer uh, album? Late spring, early summer, I think. Yeah. Okay. And and 
uh, for that album, I remember somebody, and randomly, this was the time too, there were some people, sometimes you would buy, I don't know if this is for you too, sometimes you buy records, sometimes you buy the tape. Did you kind of go, like, and then also there's this new... I was all cassette by this point. Okay. But, um, so I had never seen, I'd seen the cassette of Girls with Girls, but I'd never seen the actual album. And do you remember what the back of the album was for that, for Girls, 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 or not? Uh, Fuck, no, I don't. I should, though. It's basically, you know, the front is obviously the iconic cover of them all on the motorcycle. It's the back is them um, behind a strip club, and all of them have their pants down pissing in the alley. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Okay. 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 So I look at this on my site. A little rip off from the Who, Who's Next, I believe it was called. Is that with the back of it? Okay. I didn't even know. What are your impressions? I guess we'll just talk about this. I'm going to feature a song off this, but what are your kind of your impressions on this album? They were basically my number two band by this point, had been for a while. So I was definitely, you know, craving to get this uh, this record. Uh, I like it a lot. I remember I remember like listening to it uh, on headphones in summer school. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Bad kid. Oh, ninth grade. I didn't really do a whole lot, but s- skip school. You know, I think that so. most kids in summer school were listening to Motley Crue. <laughs> 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 that was our target audience. Uh, but at least I had one of those teachers that were like, let's just get, let's just get through the day. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and so you can pretty much do what you wanted. I can't, I think it was history or something. I don't sure. remember. Uh, uh, long story there, but yeah, I love this record. Uh, Mick Mars kind of dialed back. Uh, he didn't really play lead on too many of the songs. It was kind of, a um, uh, so a point of emphasis for him. Uh, he was trying to do something different. And again, we've talked about it. Unsung hero of guitar of the 80s. Mick Mars, as far as I'm concerned, had one of the, the better guitar tones of any of the bands of this era. And and just a, a really good uh, rhythm player. Uh, you know, a, a good lead player, too, as well. But Yep. Uh, and, of course, I mean, who doesn't listen to Nona on repeat, right? <laughs> and let's go into that. That's my, my whole thing is that to, to feature a song for this episode, you know, I'm not going to feature Wild Side, Girls, 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 obviously, things like that. But the I went through this. It's an eight-track album. Yes, guitar tone, phenomenal on this, and it, it's such a unique sound, and we've covered this before. Um, and even the placement, like what Girls, Girls, Girls doesn't have a solo until the end, right? Right, is and I believe him? that's one of the few songs that has a solo at all. Right. So, so going through this, it's basically an eight-track album. Uh, <laughs> did Are you, you like out Jailhouse Rock and Nona? I am. I'm kicking that out. Both of those. Okay. Are you, do you then count? We're, we're on the same place. Yeah. Okay. I mean, okay. I would say it's eight songs too. Yeah, and then you've got. Well, and we know from reading uh, uh, Nikki's diary, which all heroin junkies keep. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that uh, he was on heroin during this time. He claims he just kind of did all he could to kind of skate through this record. I think that's a. A bit of an embellishment. There's some good stuff here. Yeah, I mean, think about how convenient it was for him to be shooting up in his in his closet, and then just next to him was was an actual diary that said heroin diary. Just <laughs> ready to go from here. By the day way, one. diary. I'm pissed off about these eighty eight eight <laughs> things right now. Uh, Vince can go eat eat a, a burrito, and <laughs> <laughs> he took more detailed notes in that thing than. Then uh, I think those who are those people that that uh, type it in court with a little uh, 
the, the, the uh, <laughs> what are they called? Uh, shorthand, shorthand. I can't remember what they're yeah, called. Stenographer or something. There you like go. That, uh, More detailed than those guys. Oh boy. I will say this: since we're going to go into a Motley Crue song, one of the notable things of 1987 was that somewhere around Christmas, Nicky OD'd and was brought back to life by paramedics, which he immediately uh, <laughs> noted in his diary. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm saying. Oh God, did I die? You died. <laughs> Get my diary. Get my diary. Somebody's got to have it. But the other thing that did it for me, for Motley, were those videos. I mean, when I saw the video for Wild Side, I was like, hell yeah. The spinning drum kit. I mean, these are all like the kiss theatrics or whatever that brings us in. But it just seemed like just so badass. Right? Did you ever ever rub one off to the dancers? (laughs) No, but but again, you had four years on me. So maybe so. Can I move on from your masturbation story? If you must. Okay. So I went back to the album and I was like, I was, I was like, I, I think I'm going to feature Dancing on Glass. No, definitely not going to feature Bad Boy Boogie. I'm not sure if you're a fan of that one. Not me. Um, five Years Dead. Even think back then, I was like, this is a dumb song. Um, I like it. Still yeah. do. All right. They, they were wrong. They weren't Five Years Dead. <laughs> but but going on, like, all, um, all in the name of, good song. But then you've got something... Something for nothing, which is almost the exact same riff after that, those two in a row. I thought they rewrote something for nothing on uh, um, Dr. Feelgood with same old situation. Hmm. Interesting. I'll have to listen to that again. They're symbiotic songs, not ripoffs. Gotcha. Gotcha. But but it came back to me. I kept looking at this. I'm like, I can see why he kind of rags on this because in general, this is not a well- written album except for a couple tracks and the track that still yep you can you can put it as a ballad if you want to i don't care i think it's one of their best written songs and it's one of those songs i love because it sounds like a ballad or it sounds like a happy song but it's evil as fuck and that's your all i need
Are you a fan of that song? I am. Uh, I think it's a great pick. Uh, definitely one of the the three I probably would have picked off that record. Uh, of course, the music video was banned. Uh, do, do you, that's one of those songs, though, right? That like the title is a little misleading, and it's people don't really pay attention to the lyrics. Right, it'll sneak up on you. But but it, it's an example of that people don't listen to lyrics a lot of times because I would have maybe you have a better example of this, but just in general, like uh, girls in high school would be like singing the chorus and stuff like that. And I would just be like, do you have any idea what this song is about? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if Yeah, you, for those who don't know, it's about uh, uh, killing somebody who wants to leave you. Uh, uh, but then so, keeping their body warm with you as yes, well. Yes, exactly. Yeah, it's a very – It's almost it's like a, an Alice Cooper song. Yeah, yes. except for um, no Alice Cooper's songs come off very campy and theatric. This comes off very dark. Very dark. Uh, yes. <laughs> Agreed. Uh, very, very morbid. Well, that Green Day song, I Hope You Had the Time of Your Life, is another one that's kind of misrepresented. People play that at weddings and graduations, and it's like, that's a fuck you song. Right. Yeah. Right. yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh. I, mean, I, I think you're horrible. Go fuck yourself. Awesome. Hold on. I got, Class I got... of 92. <laughs> It's like something out of a like a Will Ferrell movie. The, uh, yeah. What what what's the other? What is what is the one um, that's the Cheryl Crow and Kid Rock song about cheating on each other? Oh, picture. Picture. Okay. True story. Not embellishing at all for the show. Uh, f- friend of mine. That was their dance song. <laughs> their first dance. They came out. That was their dance song. There was was they, for a five minute back-and-forth story about each person cheating on the other person and being on cocaine. That was their that was their first dance. Uh, Listen to the a... lyrics, people. I just, I just, 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 just one time before you, before you commit to that song for any kind of special event, just take a look once. A buddy of mine uh, did karaoke. What was that, that Eric Clapton song about his dead kid? Tears in Heaven? Yes, the one where he's falling off the window. Yeah. <laughs> he wrote a song about his son who fell out a window, and he dedicated it to his wife. <laughs> uh, I'm like, what the hell, man? You know, this is the same thing. Who the these... hell does karaoke to that song anyway? You know who these people are? Do you know who these people are, though, don't you? These those are, are hardworking, blue-collar Americans. No, those are blabbermouth. They don't drive Mercedeses. Those are blabbermouth commenters. Yeah. They don't read. They don't read the headline. They don't. Re- Maybe they read the headline. They don't read their whole article. They don't read. Oh, God. You saw that. Uh, did you see the blabbermouth picked up this striper interview? And the, Did you see what the headline they used? Which one? They, Oh, blabbermouth! I uh, said that Michael Sweet slams musicians who won't make new music. <laughs> he, got he didn't really slam anybody, did he? But what was the other guy? What was the old uh, old school? No, yeah, he said something like, "At least he didn't say something." The the headline wasn't like, "Didn't throw uh, Michael Sweet throws shade." <laughs> <laughs> throw shade on. A... I was like, I I, I would like that better. I think. I think so too. Yeah, everybody, but but great job getting that. Uh, uh, we're we're happy to see that we're getting picked up by Blabbermouth, Brave Words, etc. But the point we're is, fucking is, huge, man! Isn't it? It's ridiculous how big we are right now. It is eleven million. Forty million. Forty <laughs> is that forty? I'm not, I haven't been looking at the ticker. They just lately. count. Yeah, <laughs> unverified, unverified. Yeah. Okay, but but the whole thing about that is that that the blabbermouth 
comment. They don't read anything. They just yell. There's nothing to do. The, the discussion, there's 60 comments in as of in the first 10 hours about nothing well, to do with the Well, typically, like, article. some person chimes in with a legitimate comment. Someone sort of is legitimate. And then it turns into this side conversation that is no longer about the article. And it's two people <laughs> calling each other idiots. Yeah, pretty much. So do you, you want to me to cover? So going back to, is it Striper have an album in 87? No, they did not. Well, shit. No, I don't think so. To Hell with the Devil might have been 87. I'm not sure. <laughs> okay, well, we'll come back to that in a second. Maybe they'll, we'll add that into the show. But do <laughs> but you, want, you want me to just cover some general uh, albums and general music music, music uh, news, and then we can kind of go into your next pick? Sure. Uh, I'm trying to think of an 87 slang. Uh, cut me some slack, Jack. I don't think they said that. But let's. Okay. That, I think that was. I think that was a good times era. You want to say dynamite? Dino, dynamite. All right. So let's let's. Uh, so other notable albums this year: Joshua Tree. Were you ever a U two fan at all? Like any of their stuff? Yeah. Later on, I tried to be a fan at this time, but it just didn't stick. <laughs> I love the song to this day. Uh, what's the? With or without you is on that record, right? I like yep. that tune a lot. I love Octung Baby. Um, I can still listen to that front to back, but uh, interesting because that's the one that I like, and I like um, some of whatever that live album that they had. Oh, was. Rattle and Home. That's that had that uh, uh, cover. Love came to town. I, yeah, I like love, that song. Love came to town. It's good, but even then, like I remember, even the name. I was like, "What band do you like? You too." I was like, I, don't even, I didn't never even understood the name. Who but. is that band? Uh, fuck, I can't remember what they. But they 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 named their album U two, uh, and then so the album cover was just a huge U and a two, and then the band name was really small. Across the top. <laughs> That's a good trick. Yeah, they were on SST Records. They got sued for it. Uh, I bet. Uh, and I'm pretty sure Greg Ginn lost his ass on that, if I heard. But uh, great ploy. I, if, if anything, if I was in U two, I would have said. Tip of the hat to you. Yeah. That, if anything, it just proves how massive they are that it, that they, that they cared to sue. Exactly. I mean, anybody that has, a, I don't even, I can't even think of anybody else that had an actual theatrical release of a live concert. In the uh, yeah. Well, two, I mean, three, I, the the Stones. Um, yeah, that's one that was in like. Together. Well, no, I'm talking about in the eighties. Was that in the eighties? Well, that was seventies. Right. I'm talking about in the in the eighties when they had. Uh, that live release come out. Anyway, that just shows how big they were. Is my point? They There's, were they were massive. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so, and then you and got out of nowhere too. I mean, they were kind of an underground thing until that record came out. Um, it almost seemed contrived because I really don't. You know, I, I to this day I don't really hear why that record is. You know, like Appetite for Destruction, Back in Black, uh, shit. Even like big albums by artists like. Uh, Fleetwood Mac. I can understand why this one record was huge. I hear that record and I hear like one really great song and a bunch of songs that are okay. And I just don't get it. I don't get the the wide base appeal. It seems a very unappealing album as far as a broad audience. It does cuz cuz I was uh that album was not part of my <laughs> it did not help my obligation for BMG, but the but I did hear it and it and it, it, and it wasn't definitely like an overall I don't know. The whole point is I've never been a U two hater at all. I just like yeah. I just don't get how big they got it and I just don't completely get it. Yeah, it still definitely are, not, to be honest. I mean Right, oh of course. That's what I mean. Um but you anyways, ever rub one out to Bono. So let's move on to the next thing, shall we? <laughs> that's a yes. <laughs> 
<laughs> so let's let's talk about an album that came out. Uh, Bruce Springsteen had an album inspired by uh, Gene Simmons' 1978 uh, song "Tunnel of Love." Did you ever hear that? <laughs> yeah. Did you know that in the music video for "Tunnel of Love," it's a straight he's playing live. No, that's yeah. another. There's another person too. Like Bruce, don't hate him. Just have never under, understood the the like people just. I, I've never owned an album. Hey, he's he's a regular guy writing regular music for regular Americans that just happens to put Vaseline on his front of his jeans so he can slide across the. Uh, That's stage. just showmanship, baby. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, that's just some general information about that year. Some little, little things not in our genre. But what would you like to 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 talk about? Well, the hologram of Dio is supposedly going to be coming on tour, and the real Dio re- released a record, uh, Dream Evil, in 1987. This was his first record with Craig Goldie um, after he somewhat unceremoniously, it turns out, uh, I, I can't remember if he quit or got fired, but Vivian Campbell was no longer in the band. Uh, it's an okay record, uh, but it has one of my favorite Dio songs on it, All the Fools Sailed Away.
so uh, apparently um, the hacks are pretty popular. <laughs> yeah. And, I, you know, we weren't thinking about doing a hack, but I have a hack that worked in 1987 and actually will not work now, but it, w- it did work then. Um, does it involve stealing returnable pop bottles? <laughs> nope. Because cause I did that. I think <laughs> I think it was before 87. <laughs> Explain what that is. You want to do a quick hack? Yeah, um, basically, uh, grocery stores. Hold on. Hold on. 1987 hack. Uh, they, they Back in the 80s, and uh, end of the 90s, actually, uh, they had these things called returnable pop bottles. Beer did it, too. But basically, you bought like an eight-pack of Coke, and th- wh- on top of the price for the the eight-pack, you paid 10 cents a bottle, and you got the 10 cents per bottle back when you brought the bottles back, which were shipped back to the Coca-Cola factory for washing, hopefully, and rebottling. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, stores would just pile these things outside of their businesses waiting for the Coke delivery guy to pick them up. So me and a enterprising young buddy, we just <laughs> loaded up uh, as much as we could on our skateboards, took them across the street to a different store, and returned them for the 10 cents. <laughs> Got a couple bucks, went and bought an Iron Maiden tape, skated home. <laughs> I think that's how all Iron Maiden tapes were, were bought yeah. in, in 1987. <laughs> they encouraged it. It was actually part uh, of their fan club. So I have one, too. And w- Would you like to know what it is? 1987 Cobra Hack. All right. Hey, kids, would you like to have better... <laughs> Hold on, let me do that again. Uh... Hey, kids, would you like to have better grades in school? Do you hate history? Do you have a teacher that almost falls asleep during class? Well, I've got an answer for you. Here's a hack that'll take your grade from a C to an A. Or a D to a B. Whatever it is, it's going to improve your life. Here's what you do. So my seventh grade teacher, uh, eighth grade, I'm sorry. My eighth grade teacher, Mr. Ripke. Does this end with you jerking off? (laughs) (laughs) No. That was a good guess, though. Oh, my God. When are you going to start talking about rubbing one out, man? (laughs) That's everybody's everybody's leaning forward, anticipating that moment. Enough tease. Yeah, carry on. (laughs) Anyway, so here's a hack that won't work now, but but you could do it, but it's much more elaborate, I guess. So in history class, I hated it. You know, I didn't, I, the, the War of 1812, yeah, I knew it was in 1812, but I, I didn't need to say, remember any other dates. So I did not do well in there. I probably had C's, D's, things like that for all my tests. And do you remember back in the day that your teacher would have this little notebook that had all these little, like, columns for each grade and test? Do you remember this? Yep, yep, yep. You do? Okay. Well, Mr. Ripke would fall asleep in class, and he would also... Uh, also Mr. Ripke. <laughs> he would also, when we went out uh, for lunch or whatever, he would leave his notebook on his desk, so I would go to the bathroom, come back into the class, open his notebook, and, uh, well, I, I first discovered he left it open one day, just laying there like... Like just tempting me, and there was all my entire semesters of grades. So I just took his pencil, erased, changed my D's to B's, cha- changed my C's to just I would I would uptake it. I wouldn't take it to an A, but I would change all of them. And you know what? That was my final grade for the year. What do you think of that? <laughs> so he apparently had no knowledge of who you were. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's correct. I left a bigger mark in my teachers. They knew I was a fuck up. What else you got? Well, there was a record that I think meant a lot to you and I and pretty much everybody on the planet uh, that came out in 87, although it really didn't uh, it really didn't kind of take off till uh, 88 with the release of the single Sweet Child of Mine. But Guns N' Roses dropped uh, Appetite for Destruction, I believe, somewhere around the summer of 87. Yep. Yes, they did. And uh, by the way, I love how. All the rumors of this band, you know, once they, they took off in retrospect, like, you know, in the Welcome to the Jungle video, Axel's hair is big and poofy and it never is again. Nope. And it was like, uh, Axel did that on purpose. He's like, I'm going to do it now. And then when we're huge, I'm never going to do it again. But I love all that stuff. I love the stupidity. I, I, I miss that, the mythology and all this garbage that, that music used to entail. I think it's part of the reason why there's such a disconnect with any ownership or caring emotionally about music. Now, it's, especially pop music, is just like it's disposable. What you like now, you won't like in two weeks. But back then, you know, Guns N' Roses, everybody, once that took off, it was like, uh, people like me were pissed off because all the jocks are telling you about this band Guns N' Roses, you know, and it's like, fuck you. you know? it's like, here's, how, here's how I remember it in my, my dusty memory um, is the live like a suicide, seeing that just randomly from a, from a dude. And then the Welcome to the Jungle video, like maybe once or twice. And then slowly, then I remember seeing the original cover, somebody having the, and remember I, this is 87 when I'm, I'm not just immersed into all this music, but the slowly these things are being dropped. Yeah. And then that, that, um, what's the original cover called? It's just, it is the appetite for destruction, but it's that whole rape. Oh um, yeah. I don't remember what the, there's a name for the paint. Actually the paint is called appetite for destruction. That's correct. That's right. The, the actual painting is called that. And then that was there. And then, then kids starting wearing and that's those. inside the cassette, right? Yeah. It's in, it's, I think it was the sleeve and it was definitely inside the, 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 the then they actually took it completely out. If I, remember right after years later but yeah that whole thing and then kids started wearing that to school and then that shirt was banned did anybody ever wear that to school i never saw the shirt no yeah you talk about like having balls walking out of your your home like i'm gonna take this shirt to school today mom what do you think about that (laughs) did you ever get in trouble for a rock shirt at school no but i'm sure you have a story please tell us uh i i twice uh had to i had to uh the Kiss Crazy Nights tour was, uh, of course, this year. Um, and uh, Life is Like Sex, the more you put in, the more you get out, was oh, on the back of my uh, my shirt. Okay, okay. Um, and the principal took me into my office and told me that I, I had to uh, turn it inside out while I sat in his office. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> was he watching and like, you? I literally like, I was like, right here? He's like, yeah. And I'm like, is it is it okay if I go out to my car? And <laughs> <laughs> that little odd, little odd. Yeah, it was odd. weird. It was creepy as fuck. That's the closest I came to a pedophile story <laughs> in my life. Thankfully, thankfully. Uh, but uh, yeah, it, so he did allow me to go to my car and do it. Uh, That's very nice of him. Yes. Is there any other shirt? Yeah, I had one from Grimmy from uh, what's that? That comic book or the comic strip? Is Mother Goose and Grim? Is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah and he's like humping a leg, and it says "safe sex." Uh, he also took me to his office to have me take <laughs> take it off in front of him. <laughs> what are you gonna wear tomorrow? Was that two days in a row? <laughs> no, <laughs> no. But uh, I was on his radar. I think after the kiss shirt. Like, yeah, what's that, what's, it, what's that fucker Baco wearing today? Yeah, the one I had was uh, was the whole uh, just it just said "fuck like a beast." 
<laughs> and no, they had a problem with that. <laughs> that was all it said. It was that. It was just actually a white T-shirt that was with Sharpie. <laughs> I, I think we're one. making an argument for school uniforms in public school. <laughs> I think we are. But uh, <laughs> oh my! But Guns N' Roses, hey. Yeah, Guns N' Roses. Anyway, Guns N' Roses. They're a good band, huh? <laughs> <laughs> you know the, just like we said, we had some people talking, saying different things like uh, overrated, blah, blah, blah. This album is perfectly rated. I don't yes. care how many times it's played. And I am just going to play a track right now. One of the tracks that you don't hear played too often, but are, are, is the one that Welcome I to the always... Jungle. Say it again. You're going to play Welcome to the Jungle, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> Paradise City. <laughs> I don't know if it was really written, and I can't remember if it was written around the uh, that scene with the robot and stuff like that. But I always thought it would, it should be, and that is the song "Anything Goes." <laughs>
Okay, well, let's uh, get back to Def Leppard then. <laughs> Are we getting back to Def Leppard? Why not? They had a huge record that year, right? We don't have to play a song by it, but... Uh, no, we'll just say, I'll, I'll just say it like this. Um, I looked at the track list today uh, for, for that album, and I was going to feature a track and decided not to, but I actually had the single number at five. Um, but the, I did not realize, because I have not looked at that, that from front to back for a while, you know, just the greatest hits uh, for quite a while, that the, fir- the f- entire first side were singles. Yeah, it's seven total, right? Yeah, seven, but the entire first side is, let me see if I get this right. songs on the record, seven singles. Right, but the first album, uh, first side is Woman, Animal, I'm not going to do them. The whole point is the first six, which ends with Armageddon, it, like I just talked about in that last story. Um, <laughs> what a, tra- what a horribly stupid song. God, I fucking hated that song from the day I heard it. And the um, and then the second side is... Are you I, getting it? <laughs> Yeah, the uh, the second side is only one single, and that is I think Hysteria. No, isn't it Run Riot? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> That's the song I was gonna. No, Hysteria is on too. side one, isn't it? It might be. Let me just go look real quick. Let me. Let me just. Let's just. I'm actually pulling it up. Yeah, pull it up while we're talking here. So anyway, the six the the entire side. I can't even think of any album. Doesn't matter if it's a pop album. Or a rock album, or any album. Is there any album you can think of? Even Thriller didn't have an entire side that was released as singles. That's a good point. They, they, do you know that the goal was nine? You're, I don't. Okay, I don't see how they could get to nine because that's that's my was my thing. I was, I was looking at and like maybe if they pushed Love and Affection as another ballad, um, that was a closer. Yeah, what a great album closer, huh? Ugh. Jesus Christ! And then they had. Uh, I did always. I thought I liked Gods of War, and I think it's still a pretty good song, but then I listened to it again, and I don't think it is uh, a good Gods song. Gods of War story. Uh, okay. I had a 1971 Chevy pickup with a 500 Cadillac engine in it, and this thing was ridiculous. And I bought these speakers that basically just sat in the corners of the back seat right behind you and and I would just drive around the 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 the, the city square in Oatana <laughs> cranking okay. gods of war that sure oh I, for whatever reason that was my jam on that that record yeah you're right hysteria was on side 2 uh Boom. yeah no if you bought the 45s of this album for for all the singles, I'm saying, it made seven ninths. Like there was, it basically made the album cover, you know, like a puzzle. But but there's two pieces missing because they never got to nine. That was the plan initially. Really, that I yeah. did not know that. Wow. Okay. So I don't even know if there was a. I mean, maybe maybe those other ones would have been Gods of War, just as like a like deep, like here here we are. We're uh, I don't know. Um, and then excitable and love and affection because run riot and don't shoot shotgun are not going to be the I I, I I almost did run riot and I'm like it's not really that good of a song neither is excitable or love and affection anyway the the um it, do you agree with me on this like I, was just, I do I I'll say this just real quick it's amazing how big this record was considering what it was following up and how big that record was right and everything that happened in between with the drummer losing his arm uh and just (laughs) i would like to go i wish i could just like 
talk to Joe Elliott and, and everybody in the band in 1985 and like say, your drummer has one less arm than he had yesterday. You need a new drummer. <laughs> I know because the drums are so simple. On all I mean, songs. God bless him because he did. He, you know, he he's back. He's kicking ass. Sure. I would have never made that same choice, and frankly, I think it wasn't the right choice even now. Even as successful as everything has been, I'm just like, man, you you bailed on guys for less, you know. Right. I uh, mean, the only, t- you know, the only what was person- the guitar player before Phil Collin? What's his name? Uh, Steve. Uh- oh no, no, I not, no, no, not, no, not, not, not the guy that Phil Collin replaced. Steve's- I don't know. Uh, whatever that guy wrote most of the crap on uh, on Pyromania. Really, and 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 he was you know basically exiled for being like a drunk, and like your drummer loses an arm for driving drunk, and you're like, ah, let's let's just delay record releasing our next album for three years, which was huge in the eighties. Oh, I massive. mean, yeah. yeah, it whatever, but you know, God bless them, they they kicked ass. Yeah, this I'll, I'll album tell you, this, was a monster. This album is so, I get, you can say it well produced, overproduced, whatever it is. It is a work of of art in one sense, where it's just everything is so, I guess, perfect, but meticulous, over-gloss. meticulous. Yeah, all you, all, everything you want to think of, because this is before Pro Tools. This is before mm-hmm. all the stuff, all the work they had to do with uh, like six billion uh, vocal tracks and things like that. But this is a great pop rock album. With that said, you're you're pour some sugar on me and you're uh, here I go again. Set the template of evil going forward. I believe between those two try those two tracks in particular for me, or is that whole side conversation that we had? Called- I heard pour some sugar on me at work today, and I started thinking, I'm not sure I ever liked that song. I don't. I didn't either, and, and I didn't understand that it was all about like just like blasting jizz everywhere. The uh, <laughs> I thought it was dumb because I was like, why is this person asking to add a sweetener onto somebody else? I, I don't understand that it. Like a bomb, baby, come and get it down. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is funny that that it's 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 like slide it in. Good song. Pour some sugar on me, and then look it up. Those that's the sequence of events. <laughs> yes and then, <laughs> and then dad pops in from the room next door and sticks his thumb in your butt <laughs> oh, dad. why is dad doing this just <laughs> is terrible <laughs> so, so, so hold on so you're saying so you, hey everybody next up we've got we've got white snake slide it in followed by Def Leppard pour some sugar on me and then kiss lick it up and then Baco with that comes in and sticks up on my ass oh man it's a forfer <laughs> yeah forfer yeah. forfer commercial four. free four in a row <laughs> you want to wrap this up loose Yes, I do. 1987 part one. Mm-hmm. So you just said 87. This is a push a little bit, but it has to do with the fact that this is one of the first albums that I went and used my um, money from mowing lawns. And uh, I decided that I wanted to buy an album with uh, with four men that were very uh, attractive on, on, the, on the on the cover. Um, Once again, that. you're talking about Anvil, I assume. <laughs> Can you mention Anvil? 
an album based on on the local cat cat dragged in with those guys. But no, that was not the the album I had. That was Look at the Cat Dragged In by Poison, which I do know, Fact Bastards came out in '86. But I will tell you, '86 came out. It came out in '86. Had Cry Tough as a single. They did, which I did find nothing. Yeah, right, Cry but Tough did about, nothing as far as moving the record. Yeah. But they, but six months later, they released a second single, which is "Talk Dirty to Me." Talk to me, which is in February of eighty-seven, changed so, their entire life. Yeah, which they stole from a band from Chicago or something like that. I don't know that song. Yeah, I thought there was a whole thing where they stole Kicks's stage too. Or they stage did that presence. too. Yeah, they t- t- took a lot of their stage moves. But uh, well, I mean, Brett Michaels is not exactly a uh, very uh, unique, inventive person. He's. Uh, Unless you consider abs inventive, but anyway. <laughs> but they have – so that comes out. So I'm going to count uh, this album as an 87 album uh, for, for culture. Wouldn't you say in general for, for people – nobody knew this album until 87. Yeah, I, I mean I, I knew it when it came out. I, I, I did not like Cry Tough and I, I saw the album cover and I was still kind of fixated on it for some reason. But once Talk Dirty to Me came out, um, I, I picked it up and – I. Look, I give Poison a lot of shit. We have a lot of fun with with Brett Michaels, but I had this record at the time, and it was weird because Decibel Geek just did an albums unleashed a while back with Ricky Rocket on this album. Yep, and um, I was actually surprised at how much this record sucks. <laughs> uh, Me too. Because I loved it at the time. I listened to it front to back. Uh, all the left. I mean, the, here's a, a fun fact: the cassette that I bought was actually backwards, so it played the back side of the tape. I had to break the thing apart to re-spool it so it would play the right way. But because they didn't have another copy at the store, and they would only offer me uh, store credit on another item, so that sounds very complicated. All I, all I gotta tell you is, I'm gonna go through the track listing real quick. Yeah. Okay. Cry tough, which I actually do like. You Sucks. hate it, right? Okay. I want action is one of the dumbest Sucks. songs of all time. Yep. I won't forget you. Uh, Sucks. Play dirty. Ugh. Sucks. Look at the cat drugged in. Eh, I can deal with it, but it's an Aerosmith song. Talk dirty to me. Yeah, it's a fun tune. Yeah. Want some, need some. Sucks. Blame it on you. Sucks. Number one, bad boy. Sucks. Let me go to the show. Really, really, really fucking sucks. Yeah. So I remember they had some interview with um, the producer, Michael Wagner, and he decided he was going to take... No, Michael uh, Wagner didn't produce this. uh, I'm sorry, he mixed. He mixed it. He mixed it. But he had had some deal where where he could either get get a payout all at once or he could get points or some kind of deal. Yeah, like he would have made more money if he didn't take the five grand up front, but he heard it and thought it was so bad that he took the five grand. (laughs) Exactly. Wouldn't you have done the same thing? Is my point. People are like, what oh, you of thinking? course. And the the guy who produced it uh, yeah. has similar uh, criticisms of this. He says he did a major service uh, to uh, musicians out there who previously thought uh, that singing and being able to stay in key were. Not or not being able some some along the lines of like not being able to sing was a uh, a barrier from being successful. <laughs> he was exactly. much more eloquent with it, but uh, yeah, look, this is not a good record. I I, I this one didn't age well. I mean, At I actually all. think they were they did better after this. They did. Uh, I, there's it, there's it, some stuff on open up and say ah oh, they like more in flesh and blood, um, 
but but my God, this 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 thing. I, I, even then, I thought it sounded very thin for whatever reason. Like like it was like a, a kiddie version of what a rock album should sound like. Like the the, the sound of the guitars and stuff. Oh, like that. absolutely, drink. Yes. So with that said, here is after we've trashed it. Here is a song that I still love. I don't love. I still like it. And then they okay. open up almost every single one of their concerts with, if you ever do see them, and that is Look What the Cat Dragged In. in your ass <laughs> I think I think our show just got kicked off of iTunes <laughs> I just made your story better bro it's NFL draft season and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 